Okay, to struggle with God's call is an essential part of our Christian journey. Far from denoting a lack of faith, it might actually validate the fact you're taking God's call seriously. You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. Hello friends, great to have your company again and welcome to this episode of The Myth Pilgrim. Today we return to a galaxy far, far away, to the world of Jedi Knights, Sith Lords and the all-illuminating Force. And the reason we're doing this is because many characters in the Star Wars universe exemplify what's known as the Call Narrative, a typical pattern in which biblical characters respond, wrestle and answer the call of God. People like Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, David, Jeremiah, Mary, and of course Jesus himself all experience the drama of answering the call from God, a call which leads them out of their comfort zone, stretches them, and once fulfilled, furthers the advance of God's kingdom. Call narratives are fascinating to follow because they inspire us and challenge us to respond the same way too. And if you ask me, one of the reasons why the Star Wars saga has been so popular for like four decades is precisely because each of the three heroes from all three trilogies, Anakin, Luke and Rey, all respond to a radical call from the Force. Today's episode could well have been written by Anakin and Luke, but I've chosen Rey here instead because there are some features of her call narrative which are particularly biblical. By the way, every time I mention the sequel trilogy today, I refer to episodes 7, 8, and 9, aka the three films where Rey is the main protagonist. Unlike other Myth Pilgrim episodes where I begin by summarizing the hero's story, Rey's journey in her trilogy is just too expansive, so what I'll do instead is lead you on her adventure a section at a time. And in doing so, you too can wrestle with parts of your own whole narrative too. In terms of a structure today, I will divide her story into four sections that are typical of the call narrative. One, the call. Two, the struggle. Three, the seeking of the mentor. And four, the fulfillment of the call. Okay, let's do this. Part one, the call. When we first meet Rey, she is a lonely scavenger on the desert planet of Jakku. Rey is an orphan, and when she was a young girl, her parents were taken from her by the evil First Order. Since then, she has been waiting for her parents' return, not knowing if they were even still alive. Though she is clearly capable and intelligent, she refuses to leave her home planet and her monotonous existence in case her parents should return while all at the same time wrestling with the question of who am I? What's my place in the universe? It is in this mundane context that the Force first begins to call her towards becoming a Jedi. Circumstances mysteriously break into her life through the sudden appearance of the droid BB-8. 
the droid then leads her to Finn, a defective fugitive stormtrooper who becomes her first real friend, and through a shared hatred for the First Order, she is led away from her home planet. There she learns about the myth of the missing Jedi Master, Luke Skywalker. Slowly, through friends like Han, Leia and others, she is introduced to the reality of the Force, but thinks nothing much of it until one day, in the basement of the Takedona Cantina, she mysteriously feels Luke's lightsaber calling out to her. Startled, she puts it down and refuses to take it, but for the first time in her life, Rey considers that there may be more to her identity than a lonely scavenger. At this point on Rey's journey, let's pause and reflect on a question. Why does the Force call Rey, and what is a call in the first place? When we hear the word calling in Catholic spirituality, most people think of a call to a vocation, like to the priesthood or to married life or single life, etc. etc. While this is certainly true, for the purposes of this episode, I'd like to define calling as an invitation to enter God's story. Hmm. This is a profound way to understand calling, for it firstly entails that it is possible, inverted commas, to live outside God's story, in our own narrow self-made story. If the force could be likened to God in this instance, Ray could have ignored its call and remained on Jakku, but she would have sacrificed her part in the story of the force. A curious feature of the Judeo-Christian God is that he does call, and when he does, it means there is a unique role in his mission that only you can play. Those who enter this theodrama, this God's story, are blessed indeed, for the theodrama is the only story that goes on forever. Every other story, no matter how attractive it is in this lifetime, will one day cease. Think of anyone God calls and you'll see that this is true. Think of Abraham in Genesis, who, like Ray, was living a fairly pedestrian, predictable life in the desert land of Haran. But when Abraham responds to God's call to get up and go to Canaan at age 75, mind you, this creaky old man suddenly enters into God's story. And our forefather's legacy extends to you and I literally till today. All Jews and Christians are his descendants. Same with the prophet Jeremiah. When we first meet him, he is but a nobody child from the sleepy village of Anathoth. But when he heeds God's call, he becomes the prophet of both warning and consolation during the most turbulent time in Israel's history, their conquering and exile. And because of Jeremiah's yes, we today still recount his powerful words and draw wisdom from them. And lest you at this time think that responding to God's call has always to be something momentous and epic and life-changing, think of Jan Tyronowski. Who? <laughs> Jan was an eccentric Polish man, an introverted tailor who lived as a bit of a loner and wasn't a big social person. But because of his quiet love for God, he began in his apartment block a prayer group called the Living Rosary. At the break of World War II, the Living Rosary quietly attracted many young men to be formed in a life of prayer and penance. One of these young men was Karol Wojtyła, a.k.a. the young Pope John Paul II, Saint John Paul II, 
who still cites during his pontificate that the living rosary was momentous to his early conversion, and he calls this Jan Tronowski one of his greatest spiritual teachers ever. Now, we all know the later legacy of St. John Paul II. Think of World Youth Days, Theology of the Body, The Dignity of Suffering, The Dignity of Women, Ecumenical Dialogue, and the Collapse of Communism in Eastern Europe, etc. But have you considered that none of that would have happened if that quiet Jan hadn't answered God's call back in 1940? Dear friends, let's not think that answering the call of God is always a big noticeable thing. It could be a daily yes to God today. Part 2. The Struggle. (laughs) Okay, so the next feature of the call narrative is the struggle. For Rey, it wasn't just a matter of uprooting from Jakku and embracing her call to be the Jedi saviour. Initially, she sees BB-8 as an unwelcome distraction to her usual routine and wishes him away. Then, even after receiving Han's generous offer to be the Millennium Falcon's co-pilot, she didn't even want to leave her planet. It's the only life she's ever known, even though she hated it. And also, she's gotten so used to waiting for the return of her folks that she just couldn't see herself doing anything else. Hence, even when the Force called, she experienced it as both disruptive and compelling. In her own words, she says, Something inside me has always been there, but now it's awake, and I'm afraid. See how this call is both something she intuitively knew was right, and yet was also something she feared? This is what makes Ray's response to her call so compelling to watch. This struggle between comfort and adventure, between letting go of her old self and embracing her new self, needed to be worked through again and again even when she eventually joins up with Luke and later on the Sith apprentice, Kylo Ren. By the way, have I mentioned this uh, episode has spoilers? (laughs) Too late now? Oh well. (laughs) Okay, to struggle with God's call is an essential part of our Christian journey. Far from denoting a lack of faith, it might actually validate the fact you're taking God's call seriously. Consider as a biblical illustration the calling struggle of Jacob, who you may well recall eventually became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. His initiation was quite literally the wrestling with God all night, so much so that he was permanently injured in the tussle. And as a sure sign of God's approval of his wrestling, God blesses him with a new name and identity, Israel, which means he who wrestles with God. So you get that? The chosen people of God are defined by wrestling. Think about it, wrestling is an intimate, passionate activity, right? And this is what God wants of us. The reason why this wrestle is so necessary is because God will always call us out from a place of security and into something new. For Jedi Ray to emerge, the scavenger Ray must first die in some way. And that's tough. God always first calls us out of something before he calls us into something. Again, this was certainly true of our friend Abraham, the grandfather of Jacob, by the way. Like Ray, Abraham was also deeply dissatisfied with a missing part of his family. Unlike Ray, he wasn't waiting for his parents to reappear, they probably died, but he was waiting for his own children to arrive, because for decades his wife Sarai was barren. So, when God called him, he was calling Abraham out of his old identity and into his new one, as the father 
of all nations. But when Sarai was finally gifted with Isaac, imagine the struggle, the wrestling Abraham, when God then asked him to sacrifice him. Could God bring about Abraham's promised descendants when his only offspring was killed? Yet this test was necessary in order for God to examine Abraham's response to his call. When he passes the test and Isaac is spared, God does greatly bless Abraham and renames him Abraham, Abraham, which means father of many. Even at 75, this old man was reborn into a new identity, one that would forever partake in God's story of salvation. If God is calling you today, embrace the struggle, enter the wrestle. Humbly rise to the tests he places before you. To enter into the freedom of God's story requires us to renounce bondage to our own story. In the same way, embracing the identity God has for you requires the renunciation of your old identity. Depending on how wedded you are to the latter, this can be a long and drawn-out process, one which can be confusing, exciting, scary and hopeful at the same time. And this is why we need good guides to help us on our way. Which leads us nicely to our third feature of the call narrative, the mentor's guidance. If you're enjoying this episode of The Myth Pilgrim, do consider sharing it with your friends so that we can together encounter God veiled in our favourite tales. I'm always open to your feedback and ideas too, so always feel free to contact me on The Myth Pilgrim Facebook page or through the website at themythpilgrim.com. Part 3. The Mentor As you may recall, in the second film of the trilogy, Ray does in fact find Master Luke, who has secluded himself off on some remote island. What he was doing there and why he had become traumatised and bitter is for another disgruntled rant. Significantly though for Ray, this was the opportunity to finally have a guide in the ways of the Force, and to hopefully receive some answers to the questions she had been carrying all her life. As she described to Luke, I need someone to show me my place in all this. While Ray accepted the force was the one who was ultimately calling her, she needed a Luke to guide her in the practical ways of being a Jedi, learning stillness, discernment, combat, embracing fear and recognising the dark side. To some extent in the second and third movies, Kylo Ren also played a part in her Jedi's formation too, though he was just as confused as she was about his calling and, unlike Rey, had a rather insidious mentor. Get it? Insidious? (laughs) Nevertheless, through Kylo, Rey was able to wrestle with a new thing the Force was doing, to raise up the two of them as a dyad in the Force. Many of our biblical heroes also had mentor figures to help them live out their call, or even to stay faithful to their call. Joshua was mentored by Moses, Elisha by Elijah, Timothy by Paul, Solomon by David. Let's not forget also the importance of family membership too. Think of Abraham mentoring Isaac, Isaac mentoring Jacob, and Jacob mentoring Joseph. Think also of the role that Mother Mary and Joseph had with Jesus, for the scriptures tell us that it was under them that Jesus continued to grow in wisdom. And also, of course, at the appointed time, Jesus mentored very intimately the twelve apostles, and chief among them, the three, 
Peter, James, and John. In short, while the call to enter into God's story is supernatural in origin, the guides along the way can be quite human. Or rather, God chooses to shape and encourage us through certain people He puts in our lives. Christian discipleship is not an optional extra during our earthly pilgrimage, but an essential means of following Jesus. This remains true, especially during the certain crossroads in our lives where seeking the wisdom of a spiritual director or a church elder or anyone who has a decent prayer life can help us respond to the call. Stage 4 The Fulfillment of the Call At the end of the second film, we simultaneously witness the passing of Luke and the rising of Rey as the new and, quote, last Jedi Knight. The baton of the Jedi's vacation has passed, if you like, from Luke onto Rey to restore balance to the Force, to defeat the First Order, and of course to destroy the Emperor Palpatine behind it. In the third and final film, she is challenged by Poe and Leia and Kylo to fulfill the part she was destined to fulfill and to give of herself in a way that the lonely scavenger girl of Jakku would never have even dreamt possible. She learned that being Jedi was not simply about finding herself, but about being caught up in the story of every single Jedi before her. Naturally, the final climactic confrontation is between herself and Emperor Palpatine, who she now knows is her grandfather by blood. At first, she is completely overwhelmed by this and by his Sith powers and is thrown back and knocked out. Then there is a gorgeous scene where, dazed and gazing up at the stars, she prays, calling upon the aid of all the Jedis before her, saying to them, Be with me. And they respond. In that moment of her apparent folly and weakness, the voices of Obi-Wan, Anakin, Luminara and Dooley, Mace Windu, Yoda, Qui-Gon Jinn, Ahsoka Tano, and her own master, Luke Skywalker, strengthen her, calling her to rise. She realises she is part of a bigger story, a bigger mission that has long preceded her and will long outlive her. In that moment, she has entered the story of the Force. Strengthened, she rises up and faces Emperor Palpatine one last time, who mocks her, saying, You are nothing, a scavenger girl. You are no match for the power in me. I am all the Sith. But Palpatine couldn't have been more wrong about her, for the Ray we see is no longer the lone, scared scavenger girl, but Ray Skywalker, the Jedi, who has embraced the will of the Force. Rey responds, And I am all the Jedi. And then holding dual lightsaber in the shape of a cross, she pushes the Emperor's Sith lightning back onto himself, destroying him and fulfilling her call. You'll recall that the definition of call we're using this episode is the invitation to enter into God's story. If you want to understand something of why God is calling you today, Look at the transformation Rey has undertaken when we first meet her till the last shots of the final movie. By the end of her trilogy, she was reborn as someone new, set free from the past, filled with conviction of her identity and knowing her place in the universe. Not only has she found her place in the world with all her friends and allies, but also all the Jedi before her. 
when all the Jedi speak with her, that beautiful communion of saints moment is just so Catholic. For the saints before us continue to be part of our story, and we continue to be a part of theirs if we heed God's call. Where would you and I be today without Abraham, Moses, Jeremiah, and Mary? Call on the saints as Ray did, that we may not give into the seductive, self-serving lies of the enemy, but rather live out the true freedom of the theodrama. In terms of Ray's narrative, I love the detail that her destiny wasn't defined by her Sith blood. One of the last things Luke said to her was, "Some things are stronger than blood." Hence, Ray could choose to heed the call to Skywalker and not to Palpatine. So it goes in our spiritual life. We are not defined by our past or any broken family legacy. Rather, our true and final identity is in Christ of the Spirit, who bestows an identity which is divine in origin. Like Ray on Jakku, we literally have no idea what our story could look like if we heed God's call. But at the end of our lives, would you have it any other way? As a practical pilgrim reflection, it is very tempting to posit some version of, "Oh, how might God be calling you today, or what might He be calling you to?" However, my own experience tells me that the first question oftentimes is. What is God calling you out of? What is your jaku, your place of comfort and habit and security? You can identify these by asking yourself what you feel you couldn't live without. It could be a place, a thing, things, a person, a status, a ministry, a career, or even a belief you have about yourself. I suggest picking just one of these idols today and bring it before God. Repent of it if necessary, and renounce it. As part of this exercise, you can also meditate on the rich young man passage in Mark chapter ten, and put yourself in his shoes, standing before both the invitation and the loving gaze of Jesus who calls you. On that note, dear friends, I will say goodbye for now. Until next time, journey forth. Take care, and God bless.